For the next eight weeks, we're going to study together what the Bible has to say about the Holy Spirit. But this is not just a theological exploration about the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. We're going to ask, what is it like to live in the presence of the Holy Spirit? What's it like to experience His guidance? And why is it that the Bible says it would be better for the Spirit to be inside you than it would be for Jesus to be beside you? Um, I'm here in Jockey Ridge State Park in North Carolina, which is the area where the Wright brothers took the very first flight. And two things this area is known for is its barren landscape and its constant wind. Both of these are images that the prophet Ezekiel uses to describe the Holy Spirit. Um, in his book, he says that, that the world without the Spirit, the church without the Spirit is like a dry and barren wasteland. And then the Spirit comes in like breath or like wind. The word in Hebrew is ruach. He comes in like the wind and he brings life and gives um, restoration to these dead bones. My hope over these next several weeks is that you are going to experience some of that same enlivening power as the Holy Spirit comes and He puts joy in your heart, the joy of, of knowing Jesus Christ as Savior and calling God your Father, to know what it means to have fellowship with Him, to walk with Him, to move in His power, to experience Him. That's what I think is waiting for us, and I'm excited about getting into it. For many years of my life, as a pastor of a growing church, as a guy who had uh, several degrees in theology, God felt very distant to me. He, he was more like a doctrine that I knew about than he was a person that I knew. And then um, as I read the Bible, I saw that the people in the Bible had this relationship with God that was personal. Um, he spoke to them. They, they, they moved with him. In the Old Testament, he was always warning his people through the prophets. He was um, giving them instruction and speaking words of comfort to them. And then when Jesus came, the angel said to call his name Emmanuel because he would be God with us. This was not only a God who was coming to dwell with us and to give us a, um, a body of doctrine to learn. This was a, a God who uh, would speak specific warnings to his disciples. He would speak individual words of comfort to them. He was personal to them. And I would look at that relationship and I would think, where is that God? Why can't I know God that way? Uh, God for me was like an absentee teacher. Jesus was a teacher that had given an assignment and then just left the room, um, leaving the, the students to, to get the assignment done, to learn the lessons and to, to pursue the objectives. And we better get it done before he came back or we were going to be in trouble. And then I started to read what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit was supposed to be his presence with us. And I thought, what am I missing? Hey, Jesus made the most astounding promises about the Holy Spirit. Uh, some of them are so astounding, you almost have a hard time taking them seriously when you, when you read them. For example, John 16, 7. Um, Jesus told his disciples it was to their advantage that he go away if it meant they got the Holy Spirit. Imagine for just a minute how absurd that must have sounded when they first heard it. What would it be like to walk around with Jesus Christ personally for three years? I mean, you, 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 you're at a party and you run out of checks mix. Bam, Jesus multiplies the checks mix. Um, you got a theological question nobody can answer. Bam, Jesus answers it. Your dog gets run over. Bam, Jesus resurrects the dog back to life. Your cat gets run over. Jesus digs a hole to, to help you bury it. Okay, all right, I'm kidding about that. But, and that's probably not what it would be like to walk around with Jesus for three years, but you get the idea. It would be awesome. Yet Jesus told them 
that if they really understood who the Holy Spirit was and what he was offering to them in the Holy Spirit, they would choose having the Spirit inside them over Jesus beside them. Here's my question. If you gave the average Christian that choice today, which would they choose? Which would you choose? You see, I would ask myself this question. Does my experience with the Holy Spirit live up to that promise? Does yours? When it comes to discussions about the Holy Spirit, the conversation quickly seems to go into two extremes. You got one group of people for whom um, an encounter with the Holy Spirit is the same as an emotionally ecstatic experience which always seems to coincide with the swell of the music or the pastor going on an alliterated role at the end of the sermon and you're just emotionally uh, you know, at, at a height and, and that's fullness of the Spirit. Or, or maybe it's like this strange confluence of events that you're just like, how could that be a coincidence? It has to be the Holy Spirit. Other Christians, perhaps in reaction to those, um, ignore his presence altogether. They believe in him, but they don't really relate to him. Their relationship to the Holy Spirit is something like my relationship to my pituitary gland. I'm glad it's in there. I know it's essential for something. I would never want to lose it, but I don't really relate to it or interact with it. Um, the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 19 uh, encounters a, a group of the disciples of John who, as he's talking and he mentions the Holy Spirit, they're like, whoa, wait, who are you talking about? And he's like, have you not heard there's a Holy Spirit? And they said, no, we've never even heard of such a thing as the Holy Spirit. Most Christians today have heard of the Holy Spirit, but many of them functionally have a relationship with the Holy Spirit where they, it's like they've never heard of Him. They don't interact with Him at all. Um, I was like that for many years. Growing up, my trinity was uh, God the Father, God the Son, and Holy Bible. Um, it, the, the Holy Spirit was not a real presence and not a real person to me. That's what this study is about, because many people pursue Christianity um, and separate the Spirit and the Word. Seeking the Spirit apart from the Word leads to an unanchored Christianity that develops more into New Age mysticism and spirituality than it does anything like authentic Christian faith. And trying to obey the Word apart from the Spirit leads to a religion that's like a dry and barren wasteland and not like that power-filled Christianity that Jesus told us we should live with. To try to obey the Word without the Spirit means that your life is not going to have joy, it's not going to have power, it's not going to have that dynamic fellowship with God that makes the Christian life really come alive and be explosive. You see, Paul said that the miracle, the beauty, the power of the Christian life is when Christ lived in and through us. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet it's not I. Christ lives in me and he lives through me. Christ in us, he said in Colossians. That is our hope of glory. A lot of Christians think that Christianity is something that they're doing for God or, or, or maybe something that Jesus helps them do for God. It, it's almost like imagine you're in a wrestling ring and you're wrestling the flesh and the devil and, and you know after a while you get tired and the devil's about to whip you. So um, they look up on the top ropes and there's Jesus and they tag Jesus. Jesus and he comes flying in off the top ropes and he knocks down the flesh or the devil and he beats him up for a while and then after he gets him under control he leads back over and he tags you back in and you come in and you wrestle for a while and then when you get tired you tag him back in. Um, that's not the Christian life. The Christian life, Paul says, is not Jesus and me, it's Jesus in me. It is Christ in me, living through me, giving me victory over the flesh, giving me power in ministry. When you put word and spirit together, you get explosive Christianity. Do you know 
know what it's like to be filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit? Do you know what it's like to move in His power? Do you know what it's like to, um, to hear His voice guiding you and directing you? An old British pastor named D. Martin Lloyd-Jones, whose ministry ended probably 60 or 70 years ago. Um, now this was, a, again, a very staid British pastor. This was not a modern-day televangelist, Pentecostal preacher with coiffed hair and you know, drove a van with, with flames roaring down the sides. This is a very you know, collected, deeply doctrinal um, British pastor said, those who have received the Holy Spirit are aware of a power dealing with them and working in them. A disturbance, something, someone interfering in their lives. We're going along and suddenly we are arrested and pulled up and we find ourselves different. I cannot put it better. That is the essence of the Holy Spirit dealing with us. Jesus said in John 3 that an experience with the Holy Spirit is like an experience with the wind. You don't know where it's coming from, you don't know where it's going, but you know that it's real. There's gonna be some mystery in how we follow the Holy Spirit. Um, that's not because we're getting things wrong, it's, it's how Jesus said it would be. Um, there's a little bit of mystery of it, it's not gonna fit into a formula, but just because we can't map it out on an Excel spreadsheet doesn't mean that it's not real. Uh, Lloyd-Jones continued by saying, there's no question but that God's people can look for and expect leadings, guidance, indications of what they're meant to do. Men have been told by the Holy Spirit to do something. They knew it was the Holy Spirit speaking to them and it transpired that it obviously was his leading. It seems clear to me that if we deny such a possibility, we are guilty of quenching the Spirit. Throughout the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit shows up 59 times. And in 36 of the 59 times that he shows up, he is speaking. Now I get that the apostles were a special group. Um, they had been commissioned by Jesus to write scripture, which sets them apart from us. Um, and so not everything that they experienced is the exact same of what we experience. But listen, you, you, you cannot convince me that the only book that God gave us that tells us stories of people who walk with the Spirit is filled with stories of people whose experiences have nothing in common with our own. I mean, I love the way John Newton, who was the writer of Amazing Grace, again, another pastor that lived a long time ago, this one 300 years ago, John Newton said, is it possible that that which the early church so depended on for life and power and success in ministry has just become irrelevant to us today? In other words, are we really so far advanced beyond the early church that we no longer need what they so desperately depended on? We desperately need a recovery of the Holy Spirit, and that's what we're gonna get into in these next eight weeks. We're gonna look at questions like, what does it mean to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit? What's it like to experience His presence? Um, where and how should we seek that? What's the difference between a, between a hunch and a leading of the Spirit? What's the difference between a random coincidence and the Holy Spirit guiding in our circumstances? What's the difference in, in warm fuzzies or goosebumps and the actual experience of uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit? What do we do when God feels absent? Um, when you have times in your life when you, you can't really feel anything, and then how can the church recover this dynamic sense of the presence of God that led to explosive revival and worldwide evangelization? Those and, and, and several other questions are what we're gonna get into in the next eight weeks. And I am very excited about getting into these questions with you and unpacking them. I think it's gonna be a transformative study and I think it's gonna be incredible when we learn what God wants to do in us and what he wants to do through us as we seek to understand more of the Holy Spirit that he has promised us that he said would be better inside us than even if he himself came to live beside us.